Podcast North America Worldwide. I haven't posted. I haven't posted Midlife Surfer Podcast in I don't know six to eight weeks, um, and it was just a quick check-in. But we have Eric. Do the podcast listeners even remember you, Eric? I don't know. I, I hope know. so. We've uh, we've talked about connecting for a podcast on multiple occasions, right. and life keeps getting in the way. But here we are. Yes. On this fine Wednesday. Yes. Wednesday, September sixth, two thousand twenty-three. The year of our Lord. <laughs> That's right. All right, cool. Well, a um, little quick background. Uh, Eric is a uh, a buddy of my, <clears throat> excuse me, a buddy of mine. <clears throat> we used to surf with each other a hell of a lot more. We haven't surfed yeah. with each other in, I don't know, a year now? Probably a year. Yeah. It's been a long time. Um, you uh, work uh, in the same trade as my wife. Yep. You're a good dude. You're a father of two. You're a loyal husband. You got a beautiful dog named Maisie. Our kids go to the same school. You have a an 110 glider. Uh, I do. Made by Nick Palandrani of Source, Source uh, surfboards. surfboards, and uh, you surf the shit out of it. And I'd say you surf it pretty good. But thank you. First question is: Have you been surfing at all? I last surfed about three months ago in okay. June. All right. But I'm thinking about going soon. All right, good. You should. <laughs> I think in the next week I'm going to suit up and paddle out. Are you? Yeah, I think oh, so. Fuck yeah, you should. I went this morning, in fact. Are you surf Capitola? Uh, down to the hook. Oh. Surf the hook, yeah. Shark's Cove? No, the first peak? just the first peak there. Okay. Yeah. I got like two and a half waves, I think. Nice. My last wave was my best wave. It was ugly, though. I took my 6-0 lost round nose retro fish. Big and buoyant. You know, surfing's just a struggle. You're never going to master it. And the more I learn, the more I realize uh, I suck. You know? You do. It's like a carrot at the end of the stick. I hear that. Yeah. And it's like you take two steps, three steps backwards, take one step forward. It feels like the trajectory's going backwards, but I know it's not. But lately, I've just been kind of dialing in on this fish and just trying to get comfortable riding uh, this fish. Uh, but today was a beautiful day, Eric. I woke up this morning. I had a voicemail from Ryan Lynch of Timber Surf Co. He said, Jeff, hey, call me back. I got some great news for you. And I'm like, huh? And he said, uh, first of all, he complimented me on my voicemail, which I update daily per the date. Yes. Except I can't do that right now because if you tried calling me, Verizon would tell you my phone's been disconnected. And that has me uh, anxious because I use this phone for work. Anyway... I listened to his voicemail. He said, call me back. And by the way, congratulations. It has to do with surfboards. You're going to love it. I call him. He goes, dude, have you, have you checked Instagram or your email or anything? I said, no. So while he was on the phone, I opened up Instagram. Surf Splendor and Jeff Timponi have been doing a giveaway, a cash, straight cash giveaway to victims of the Maui, Maui fire. And it's a really cool, I like it because it's just straight Jeff Timponi gathering dollars handing them to people who need it the most. And it's just cash. Spend it mm. as you need fit, right? Yeah. To people who really, really need it. And that's really what you need, right? You don't mm -hmm. need to be dicking around with insurance, you know, waiting for a check to arrive. Someone's going to drop off a fuckload of toilet. Get in a line somewhere. Yeah. You got, file some paperwork to see. Great. You're like, yeah, great. I got uh, Now I got a, a case of Crest toothpaste and toilet yeah. paper. You're like, I need food like right my now. My kids are hungry now. Or a calling card or who, yeah. who knows, whatever you need. Gasoline, any, whatever, right? And so anyway, I found it to be a beautiful... Um, cash drive fundraiser if mm -hmm. you will 
And then on top of that, he built this 8.6, kind of all around looking longboard, triple stringer. Jeff Timponi's a shaper out of Maui. Frankly, I don't know too much about him. I've heard his name before. I've heard him on the Surf Splendor pod. Yeah. Uh, the Beach Grit podcast, or they call it Grit. They've been promoting this. So I happened to be uh, sitting in the parking lot, ready to pick up uh, my youngsters. And I thought, what the hell? I'll throw, I'll throw my donation in the ring. You know, every few bucks, you got a, a raffle ticket. I bought one raffle ticket. This morning I learned, I won the freaking raffle. That's I, so excellent. I know I won. An, so I won an eight six. It's eight six by twenty one point six five inches. Not sure what the what the fraction is on that. So call it a little over twenty one and a half. And I like it's um a little bit thinner than I like too uh, for a long not. Th- it's thinner than a, a longboard that I otherwise would have, rather. Sure. And I like that. It's a 2.85 thin, okay. 8.6. So it's almost like... It's like a zippy fun board. It looks like a zippy fun board. Yeah. That's kind of what I need in my life, a zippy fun board. Yeah. He describes it on Instagram as kind of an all-around longboard. Sure. You know, being 6'2", I probably would lean toward buying a 9.6, but I'd like this 8.6 size. Yeah. I was just telling my friend last weekend... I want like an 8.6 kind of performancey longboard. It's written in the stars. For when there's some waves, you know? Your uh, generosity has been repaid. I, I mean, I wasn't even that generous. You know, I, I whatever. A Catholic in me doesn't want to talk about the donations I make, right? Because I, I don't think it's wise to brag about your donations, right? But, um, you know, I think it's wise also to give some money to charity. Life's been good to me. And... Uh, and I like to be good to it back where I can. And this morning was exceptionally good to me. So shout out to Jeff Timponi, Timponi Surfboards. And, uh, you know, Surf Splendor, I contacted him. He said he's going to take care of the freight. I offered to pay half of the shipping just as long as maybe that my half would go toward more Maui relief. Yeah. Um, so I got a new board coming. I don't know when it's going to land. I love to hear it. I know. So anyways, a killer way to start the day. So I was reading about it. Because uh, I saw you had put a story on Instagram, and I was surprised and excited for you. Yes. And then as I was reading, I saw that they raised $8,200 no, for... No, 18000 Sorry, $18,200 yes. with, I believe, 90 or 92 donations. 91. So what I thought was so cool about that, right. doing some quick math, because that's the way my brain works, is that the average donation by these generous people, yourself included, was $200. Yep. It's so hard to get people to buy in at any amount, but to see that people reached into their pockets and gave a meaningful amount of money to people in need was really, I thought that was really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, uh, and and then a part of me kind of feels guilty for being excited about getting this board because it's, it's the net result of this, you know, horrific fire. And I don't even, I don't even, I still think there's, you know, people missing on the islands at this moment as we record this. And that's a sad, sad deal. Uh, but, you know, it happened, and, you know, how do you respond? And not only uh, Jeff Timponi, I've seen other shapers online uh, um, raising funds for people on the island. And, uh, you know, I I gave, do I want to win a board? Of course I did. Sure. Did I give explicitly to win a board? No. Uh, but I won a board, yeah. and if it's right into my quiver, it's perfect. So you know, the next question is, you know, like, what board am I going to get rid of now? <laughs> None of them, man. None of no, them. I'm There's always room for one more. Yeah, I surfed this morning with uh, Craig, uh, my buddy Craig, and he surfed my Edo uh, Juno egg. That one's wide as shit. It's 23 yeah. wide. This one's like Ooh. 21 and a half or so, uh, and it's a two plus one, which I really don't have too much experience surfing a two plus one uh-huh. longboard. So, uh, and it's Hawaiian made, so I'm mm. going to assume it's good for some juice. Yeah. You know, an all-arounder, yeah, quote-unquote. Yeah, definitely. So, anyway, I'm pumped. Congratulations. Thank you. Well-deserved. Ah, 
Thank you. So, um, you know, we're all speaking to you at your daughter's and uh, son's uh, birthday party. How old do they turn, respectively? Seven and five. Seven and five. We're in the same boat. I yep. have a uh, ten and seven. Um, and you were really pumped on sharks, and you wanted to talk some shark action. Yeah, man. And I find sharks kind of, frankly, a little boring. I never, like Shark Week and all that stuff, never sure. got into it. You know, we have sharks in the Monterey Bay here in Santa Cruz. I've seen one surfing before. They don't really spook me too much. Yeah. I think we've talked about this, the volume of sharks in the, in the lineup and the amount of surfers and the minimal interaction mm -hmm. is, granted, we're on the West Coast. These are white sharks or great white sharks. That's one thing I think you're going to research. We will discuss. We were talking what's the difference between a white and a great white. I was holding that a white would be like a, a juvenile or standard mm -hmm. size shark where a great white is something that exceeds, I don't know, 15, 20 feet, something yeah. like that. Um, so you had some shark things to talk about. <laughs> do you want it to take it from here? Or That's where do we great, start? That thing you just mentioned is a great jumping off point. Right. So this is a conversation that we had. What makes a white shark a great white shark? So I asked the experts, my brother-in-law, Aaron, he scheduled a, a visit to the Monterey Bay Aquarium with a tour guide and invited us to bring the kids. We've been members of the aquarium for a long time. We've never taken a formal tour. And so the tour guide asked, do you have any specific questions? And I said, as a matter of fact, I have a question about white sharks or great white sharks as some refer to them as. And so I asked that exact question, what constitutes the line between a white shark and a great white shark. Right. Is there an objective measurable point that you must pass before you're considered to be a great white shark? And her short answer was no. She said, um, it, they are great white sharks due to their size, but they are great because their size relative to other varieties of sharks is so much larger. Okay, so if I'm understanding, a white shark and a great white shark are the same. Same thing, that's what Can she said. Can you be a white shark and not a great white, or are they one and the same? Well, maybe if you're exhibiting loser behavior, right? But if you're a white I think shark. that as a, as a whole, white sharks are, are referred to as great white sharks. So we have great whites. That, that was great a great whites. white. I saw it. It was it beautiful was. man. It might have been a juvenile great white, likely. But uh, I think that it would not be a misrepresentation to say that you encountered a great white shark. I don't think you're selling the story to be bigger than it was Correct. by calling it a great white. I don't think that adds anything so to it. So there's no difference there. I don't think so. All right. According to the expert. Right. 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 We might have to call Ralph Collier. Yeah. He was a shark expert. It was on one of the Ralph Collier was a shark. You know, he said he's going to send me a shark book after we recorded that about two and a half years ago. That was unfortunately after um, Ben Kelly yeah. was um, fatally fatally attacked. Shaper here in Santa Cruz. Uh, one of the rare attacks. One of the rare fatalities. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, okay. What else? What else do you want to discuss I've got regarding a shark sharks? Book, uh, <laughs> Collier didn't come through, but I've got a shark book I can lend you really? by the great Dr. Seuss. It's called Hark a Shark. All right. So I'll bring that by one of these days. Fair enough. Um, so the reason we were talking about sharks is because I've been out of the water for some period of time for no, for no particular reason. But the longer I'm out of the water, the wheels have been turning in my head about shark encounters. Oh. First, I, and I don't know why. There's no... Well, I guess I do know why. Full disclosure, I do not have an actual fear of sharks. Like, I could go surf tomorrow, and I'm not going to be curled up onto my board worried a shark is going to pass by my legs. Right. I know that it would be just fine, and I actually wouldn't sweat it at all. But while I'm on land thinking about sharks or thinking about surfing, social media is such an interesting thing, and that the algorithms have gotten so smart that if you're on Instagram or if you're on 
TikTok and you watch a video in its entirety, they will kick you another video in that same category because you like to see that. And they know that you'll catch your eyeballs. That's what it's about. So I saw like a shark and the caption was sensationalized. Shark attack. I'm curious. I got to see. What are the odds the camera was rolling when this took place? Got it. So I watched the whole video and got fed another shark attack video. And a video of a guy, you know, he's caught a shark in his fishing boat and he's trying to pull the hook out of this thing's mouth and it latches on his thumb and he goes to pull away and the shark like takes his finger off. Okay. He's being a a dingo. He's being a stupid guy. This video popped up of this unfortunate tragedy in Egypt, in the Mediterranean. Have you heard about this? No. He's a Russian tourist. His name is Vladimir. He was swimming casually and someone is videoing him from the beach. I don't recommend anyone go find this video. It is, it's traumatizing. Um, but like a gnarly car accident, I could not look away oh. for whatever reason. I, by the way, I hate watching videos like this. But, like, I, 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 but I can't not. I, I will don't aggressively know. I got a morbid. hard pass on yeah. those kind of videos. Well, pre- prepare your ears because I'm right. about to lay it out for you in detail. Um, if you got children in the car that might be scared of this, might be time to turn this down a All bit. Right. This poor young man was swimming in the Mediterranean. It looked like a beautiful day, very peaceful. And out of nowhere, you see a shark fin pop up. Yeah. And he gets pulled underwater. And he throws his arms up and he gets dunked under. People on the beach are nervous or screaming. And you see him pop back up. And he gets pulled under again. And then you see his legs sticking straight up above the water. And he's crying for help when he surfaces. And you can see that there's red in the water. It's very scary. It's a a tiger shark. Full-size tiger shark. Adult. And as he's panicking, trying to swim away, he's calling out for Don't. help. And you see the mouth of the shark in this body oh. pops up out of the water and grabs him and pulls him under. Get the f- Why do you want to watch that? I couldn't, I didn't know what I was getting into when the video started and I couldn't I had to know if it was what was advertised. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, it's just a morbid Can curiosity you, within me. Have you replayed that video in your head? Have I replayed the video? In your head. I, I like watched your... the video like 15 times in a row <laughs> on loop. I couldn't stop watching. And I had so many questions. And it was such this bizarre interaction between not this unfortunate deceased young man and the shark, but from all the beachgoers and fishermen in the area that they actually went and captured the shark. Yeah. And brought it onto the beach. And my understanding is that in their state of hysteria the beachgoers actually bludgeoned this wild oh. animal to death wow and they found body parts inside the oh, shark's God. stomach it was horrific so this is kind of where like i have already been out of the water for a while and i see this interaction that's just just makes you pause and consider your own mortality yeah. or that you are entering the food chain when you yeah, get yeah. into the water and um that led to seeing more videos of human shark encounters where people are attacked by sharks. There is another young man, graduated high school, uh, Cameron Robbins, I believe his name was, and his school was taking a like a, a cruise yeah. out of Florida. And one of his friends seems has jeered him on to jumping off the boat and into the ocean at nighttime. Yeah. Presumably to just climb back on as a dare as kids do. And he jumps into the water and it's very dark, and the camera quality is not good. But as soon as he hits the water, someone throws in a life preserver for yeah. him to swim over to. And he hits the water, and you see 
off to his side, a quick splashing of water and what seems like a 180 turnaround by something oh. in the water already. And people have slowed this video down and put on like heat mapping or tried to de decipher what is it that's taking place in this video and the, the young man was never found. Jesus. And so they've had shark experts come and discuss were, were these, what are shark infested waters? Was he eaten by a shark? <laughs> Which to say they can't conclusively say, but there's some questionable video right. evidence. But then I see this video where a shark expert is talking about sharks and cruise ships. They say these things are so oh. bad for the environment and they dump so much waste and food scrap huh. into the ocean that it is commonly understood that sharks will follow these vessels because there's a food sure. source dumping off They're the side chumming. of these boats. And th this follow-up video I saw, this guy takes this bucket of food scraps and he throws it overboard and like 20 sharks appear instantly out of nowhere yeah. on the surface. They're just chilling around. Chomping up all this food. Have you ever done a cruise? I have. I went to Alaska with my family when I was a child. Was it like a carnival cruise or? Uh, it was the Radiant of the Seas was the name of it. How one. many do you estimate were on that boat? I don't know. I don't know. It was 13 stories. It didn't feel overly crowded, but presumably thousands of people. Did you like it? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun as a kid, you know, yeah. all you can eat food and snacks everywhere. Yeah. They're like a Johnny Rockets burgers and you didn't have to pay for it. everything was all inclusive. So yeah. as a young kid, we had a nice time. My cousins went, it was good getting together with them in this controlled environment. We had a nice time. <laughs> wow. So I guess in short, I told you I've had sharks on the brain. I understand that social media will feed you video after yes. video. I know that I'm getting yeah. all the low light reels of They'll shark make attacks. It. They'll make it worse than it seems. Yeah. But then I also pause and I think to myself, but why are there this many videos of people being attacked by sharks? Right. These are just the ones where the cameras are rolling. Well, so I'm a little bit in my own head. I'm not actually, right. but it's making my wheels turn a little bit. Okay. Well, surfing the Pacific, we have to worry about. You don't. You have worries. A horrible word to say. White sharks are swimming here. Great whites yeah. are swimming in the in the in the bay in Hawaii. You have tigers. Tigers. I think white right? sharks will make their way there too. Yeah. As well. Yeah. You have more violent sharks in Hawaii. Sure. Right. I think there was someone who's fatally attacked at Onalua Bay last year, right before yeah, the Women's CT event, I believe so. WSL, um, and then where West Oz. We always hear about great yeah. white sharks in West Oz. Right, right. Yeah, so... Um, McFanning famously attacked in Australia yeah, during and, a surf competition. That's right. And who immediately paddled toward him? My kind of guy. The kind of guy I'd like to Parko, be. Parko, right? Was uh, it Joel Parkinson? No, it wasn't Joel Parkinson. Gosh darn it. Um, Handsome, it was another Australian. handsome fella. Uh, he's oh, retired. I know you're, you know, I know you're yeah, talking about tan, tan dude. Oh gosh darn it. Whatever. He launched a clothing line that's was it Michelle Perez? No, 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 no. Subpar, subpar clothing line. Um, everyone launched a clothing line for a while. Yeah, they still are, I think. Anyway, that's the kind of guy. You know, if you were attacked by a shark, I'd like to think I'd swim directly over to you, right? Mm. Um, Julian well, Wilson. Thank you, Julian, Julian Wilson. freaking Wilson. He is handsome. Yeah, a good looking guy, yeah. yeah. Cool dude. So this is what you wanted to rush on my podcast to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't want a little juicy that Mick Fanning video did numbers, right? It Everyone did. wants to hear about shark attacks. It did, it did. And yeah. not at the same time. I, I, I still find sharks almost like UFOs. Like as a little kid, I guess I was excited about UFOs and mm. or sharks. Now there's these there's all these resources, rabbit holes you can go down about, you know, craft in the sky that no one could account for. And I cannot give a shit about that. I guess what I would say to like put it into perspective would be like people go to zoos all the time, right? And you stand on the outside of the cage and you see the alpha lion. 
And it's something to behold, to be in front of it. Even though you're a glass in a cage away and there's no threat level whatsoever. But people flock to these places to observe yeah, just the awesomeness of this powerful animal. Yeah. And I think that the fantasy of encountering a shark, not that people are pursuing this, yeah. but the grandeur or the awesomeness of its power and that there would not be a cage separating right. you from it is is a different level of mystique, maybe. Yeah. Do you like zoos? No, not particularly. No, zoos are cruel. They seem cruel. You know, it's one of those things that I'm sure that the more I read about it, the more I would probably dislike it. Yeah. And I think that they have their place. And I, I know that there's different outfits that operate with different codes of ethics yeah. about how these animals are here being rehabilitated or why, but the yeah. spectacle in small enclosures doesn't feel good. Joe Rogan says the only reason that we have zoos is because the animals can't speak. Probably true. If they could speak, there's no way we'd be locking them, them up. Them out. You Let know what I mean? Out. Yeah. Okay. So you wanted to talk about some pretty dark shark attacks you've yeah. on Instagram. Um, I wrote down a couple other items that we touched on at your kid's birthday party. Um, Steve Jobs. Steve Does Jobs. Does that ring a bell? I know, I know the man. You do? I do know the man. Have we talked about this on we, air? You start, no. Tell, okay. tell me about your experiences with Apple co-founder. The late Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Um, I grew up in Palo Alto. Uh, very different place today than it was in the late 80s, early 90s. My friend Bobby worked at the Midtown Video Store. VHS tapes, <laughs> you would walk in and they would have the box that yeah. each tape was stored in with a Velcro backing stuck on these boards yeah. everywhere you went. You would go take the movie case off, take it to the front, and you'd get your movie. And there was always that sign, be kind, rewind. Right. Because you had to manually rewind the tapes at this point. And they had a machine that would do it. But one of the tasks that Bobby was tasked with was phoning people that did not return their movies. To one of the greatest offenders was Steve Jobs. He would never return his movies. Well, he didn't return them. Didn't wouldn't return them, and so we would have to call. Hey, your video was due on Tuesday, and this guy was so fucking mean. Was he? Just calling him. Stop calling here. I'll return it when I want. I might just keep it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was always just like, oh, like it was a bad feeling when you knew you had. To, and multiple times we had to call Steve Jobs. So. Steve Jobs was more of a local personality at that yeah. point, right? Because he wasn't the iconic, you know. No, Apple hadn't taken off to the I mean, it's this powerhouse now, and yeah. they were doing some things then as well. But Palo Alto was a small town. I remember when my parents moved there, they were looking um, for real estate, which is a very different picture now. I think yeah, they ultimately bought a home for two hundred and fifty grand <laughs> yeah. in Palo Alto. But when they were initially looking, my mom found this house on Waverly Street. Yeah that she loved and it had apricot trees in, yeah. the, in the yard and they made an offer on it and it didn't go through. It was purchased by Steve Jobs. Yeah. And he actually bought that house and the lot next door and left the lot empty so that he wouldn't have any neighbor. Yeah. So no one bothered him. I have a lot, empty lot next to our house. Uh, oh. It's great. Yeah. They live, you know, um, in North Northern California. They come down and visit every now and then, it's but the house neighbor. is otherwise vacant. And uh, and they always, you know, the be that's how I judge you as a neighbor. If you re if 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 you're in town and you're in your backyard 
and all of a sudden I see three, four tennis balls thrown back over my uh, my, my fence. Tennis balls that were hit by uh, by Joe and his buddies playing yeah. home run derby in the backyard. You know, that's just those little tiny uh, details in life that I mm-hmm. think uh, enrich your your character, right? Like yeah. I, I look forward to someday throwing a ball over someone, you know, back into someone else's yard, kind of reminding you of like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. you remember when your kids used to play in the backyard like that? Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, I, I find them charming and I also like the fact that they don't live there full time and I always say to my wife you know someday they're going to sell that house someone's going to move in and we're going to be offended as if we as yeah. if you know because you just get used to, you're entitled now to have uh, no neighbors to the left side of you we were touching briefly on uh, sharks and then the water and this discussion of entering the food chain yes and I had made a comment about like the the awesomeness of being amongst one of these animals and I don't know that anyone's getting in the water for surfing feeling like entering that food chain is yeah. enriching the experience. But I was recently talking to this morning, actually friend of the show, Rick. Yep. Uh, Rick, who's been prone paddling a lot. Where'd you see Rick? Uh, Verve coffee, him and cool. Bakhti, his silver Labrador were Killer. there. And ironically, you know, I went for like a year or so without seeing Rick at all, which is really too <laughs> bad. And now I've run into him like three times in the last month, which is really cool. Rick's, Rick's one of my faves. Yeah. Sure. So Maisie and I got out of the car. We're doing our morning routine. Uh, she hops in the van. I drop the kids off at school. Then we zip over to the east side. We get a, um, I get a cappuccino at Verve Coffee. My dog hounds the baristas there and gets a little cup of whipped cream, which they're all excited to give to her. And then we walk up East Cliff to Pleasure Point and back, greeting every dog and human that we meet along the way. We do this probably three times a week. So I got there this morning and Rick was there with his dog. And so Maisie patiently waited while Rick and I just chatted for about 20 minutes before we went inside to get our coffee, at which point my dog was completely jacked up because she had had to wait. But Rick was saying he's been doing a lot of prone paddling. The direction in which they go prone paddle is an area which I do not go. They go south. They go south. I don't go south of Bomboras. It makes me uncomfortable. There's a lot of talk about juvenile great whites, breeding ground, hunting ground there. Um, They're going out to the mile marker buoy. Um, Who's he going with? He, Fireman Mike, who has done some surfboard repair. And another good friend of mine, Peter, who runs uh, Santa Cruz Gear Repair. If you ever need zippers, wetsuits fixed, backpacking stuff repaired, he he does this. He's got a full operation. When I met Pete, he was actually doing Warnware repairs for Patagonia. So endearingly around the home, I refer to him as Patagonia Pete. Right. And I run into Pete all the time. So we just saw him mountain biking the other day out at Wilder Ranch. And it's (laughs) always really nice running into him. But the three of them have been paddleboarding quite a bit, and he told me that he saw a great white out at the mile marker, like deep out in the ocean when he was by himself. Yeah. He said he talked himself into thinking it was maybe a salmon shark, yeah. which look a lot like great whites, because oh, really? he didn't see the tail fin. He only mm. saw the dorsal. Yeah. But then he's playing these mind games where he's like, well, you should see both fins together, but what if the dorsal fin is only a third of the way exposed? How big was this thing? Right, it's exactly. hard to tell. And so there's a... Another guy that's been prone paddling with them, Ralph is his name. If I remember correctly, I know that Ralph prone paddles. I don't know with 100% certainty this is who who Rick said it was. But Ralph was prone paddling the other day and got knocked off his board by a bat ray. Wow. It was like a manta-looking, big bat-ray-looking thing. I guess flipped up and flipped him over. He was in the same spot? Out there by the mile marker. Deep out in the ocean. And it just got me thinking about, I had a whale encounter that we've talked about That's on right. the show on out there. And these same guys were out prone paddling. And in the fall, too, the life just really comes alive. Yeah, and Rick right. made a comment saying, I guess this is part of the allure, that you're entering the wild. Yeah. And there's creatures that are curious, yeah. that are around, that are powerful, or what 
yeah. whatnot. And that seems to be the essence of surfing too. It is like a man versus nature, you know? Yeah. You, do, you finally get a hold of that five foot, six foot set wave or something yeah. and you really ride it to fruition right in the pocket, you know? It yeah. was just this last gasp of uh, this energy that mm -hmm. has traveled thousands of miles and you're able to harness yeah. it on a board and kick out appropriately. And you feel like you kind of escaped you know, you escaped, uh, you escaped, Nate. you got out there and you escaped, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you wrote a, you wrote a wave, you got, you got into the food chain and you came out alive. When I think about the idea of encountering a shark or a shark attack, I will say this, I'm sure that if I was attacked by a shark, it would be very scary. I don't think anyone's hoping to be eaten alive. It's probably a pretty terrible way to go. But when I think about my fear of having a negative encounter like that with a shark, it is not the fear of pain or being eaten or whatever. It's the overarching fear of not being there for my family. Yeah, that's, that's what death is. And that's what it is internally. When I do actually think about the idea of having a shark attack, it's not, I'm not so worried about how I go. Right. I'm worried that I will let people in my life down that will miss me, that there will be grief and that, and that would stink. Okay, I wrote down Steve Young. These so we're notes, talking, these are notes that John had as we were talking. Yeah, I thought these are pod topics. So this is how we were talking about Palo Alto. It was a different time than it is today. Steve Young, by the way, um, Super Bowl winning quarterback yeah. for the, the last great. the last the last quarterback to win a Super Bowl with the 49ers. So Palo Alto, like I said, was a very small, family-centered, you know, um, suburban neighborhood at the time. And Midtown Video was owned by a couple that owned the Baskin Robbins 31 flavors. To doors away. Steve Young would routinely get ice cream there. My brother's first job was working at the ice cream okay. shop and we would see Steve Young getting ice cream uh, regularly. And just up the row was originally uh, Jam and Juice. Okay. They were sued by Jamba Juice and they became Slam and Juice. Oh, really? And uh, Jerry Rice would get a smoothie at Slam and Juice every single day. Yeah. So we would see 49ers players out in our community regularly. It was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I actually had the opportunity to meet Jerry Rice at the Santa Cruz bookstore. He was yeah. doing a signing. Um, I brought my kids. They got to meet him. And I told him, I remember he used to go to Slam and Juice. He thought that was funny. Really? Yeah. I saw him at, a, there's a place called in downtown. Well, I lived in Palo Alto for a minute too. But after post-college, there's a place called F&A's or something like that. It was a club. And he sat, he was just on a bar stool sitting solo behind the DJ just watching everybody dance. Interesting. I thought that was creepy. So while we're talking about like little celebrity encounters or whatever, we, as you know, I'm a big Golden State Warriors fan. Yes. I went and visited some close friends of my wife, uh, Chris and Ruby, really nice people. They live out in like Hayward and uh, they invited us over for a barbecue and that's this new house they have. It's got a beautiful view from a hilltop of the yes. bay. Yes. Really nice. You can see the sunset going down. And he asked me, hey, you're a big Warriors fan, right? I said, yeah. He said, this house used to belong to Latrell Sprewell. Right on. Which I thought was so funny. Absolutely. He said, he was living here when he choked up PJ Carlissimo, That's right. famously. That's right. So that's a, a fun little, that made me laugh. Yeah. I watched a pretty cool Netflix documentary. There's some good sports documentaries on Netflix, and there's The Malice at the Palace. There's yeah. One. Really good. I remember watching that on TV with my dad when uh, it took place. Me live. too. I was Crazy. I was in downtown Slow in college when that occurred. And I remember really villainizing the players. Like, I thought Ron Artest, Steven Jackson, etc. And, you know, they, they obviously had a role in it. But um, I thought this, you know, 20 years later with fresh eyes on it, a little more mature about it, I realized how freaking 
the fans victimized those guys. Yeah. And they had no security. And I really felt for Artest, Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal especially. Mm -hmm. He says it kind of didn't ruin his career, but it followed him the rest of his career. Sure. And they show the footage. He's leaving the court and this like dipshit dipshit fan freaking just like steps in front of him like, let's go, you know, or in front of Ron Artest. And so Jermaine O'Neal sees Ron Artest get attacked by a civilian and he runs over and clobbers this civilian who rightfully so, he steps on the court. And uh, anyway, I thought that was a really good documentary, by the way, on Netflix. Um, that was good. Also, there's an, another American Gladiators doc, not the 30 for 30, Ooh. but another one on Netflix. And then also Facing Nolan and Nolan Ryan, a one-hour okay. documentary, which, uh, which I appreciated, too. I have some things to watch. Indeed, you do. I watched it with Joe. Joe and I did a one-day trip, a one-night trip down to San Diego, uh, logged our final California park of our ballpark journey, and uh, saw the Padres uh, defeat uh, the Baltimore Orioles. And I heard rumored Joe got a, a ball. He got a ball. Tell me about that. All right. Well, we went to batting practice. We stayed at the uh, Marriott. I had Bonvoy points. Got mm-hmm. a no-charge Marriott night downtown San Diego. Uh, they said they'd open up the park for BP at approximately 4.30 or 5. We showed up. Not impressed with the customer service level at Petco Park. You know, you go to these parks and you see different customer service levels, yeah. right? I must say, the best customer service so far is at freaking Dodgers Stadium. And I know, weeks. You know, we went a month before, and they are about as kind as you can get. All right. So I walk up to this lady. This is a good, good little lesson for Joe. Believe me, I tell him. I say, hey, where's a good spot to take in uh, BP? You know, like, where's a good spot to be? And she's like, anywhere you want. I said, yeah, obviously. Thanks, lady. Yeah. You know, like, and I said, and we walked away. I go, all right, we'll figure it out then. Thanks. And kind of what I would say, I said, Joe, you know, if you really want to do customer service right, you would say, um, you know, I notice a lot of kids hang out over in a left center over there. Or, or you could wander around maybe right field or you could yell down to the players. You know, whatever. You or just, even a little like, hey, so-and-so's coming up and he really likes hitting the right center. It's true. Anything. Anything. Not that she it could would, be a lie. Not that she would have the agenda of who's Just hitting it. Just seem like the, you might be in interested in the dreams Precisely. of a child. Another example. They got these lines. They're passing out these as Padres hoodies. It was hoodie Padre hoodie giveaway night. And we get in. Of course, I'm going to grab Daniel one. I'm going to grab Joe one. I go, there's a sign. It, it says, and to be fair, it goes small to big. There's a big sign, right? There's boxes under the sign. The sign's about six feet long. There's boxes under the sign. There's a gentleman stationed on the right side of the, uh, of the boxes and a left side of the box right and I walk to the guy on the right and it goes like youth small youth large me you know small medium large XL and I walk up to the guy on the right and I say hey I'll take two uh, youth smalls please or whatever and he goes it's over there there's a sign and that was it and I go all right cool no worries Man. walk around grab him I into my head I'm like it just rub maybe I'm just oversensitive but that kind of shit rubs me the wrong way and I said I same thing I go see that's I gave him those two examples. I go, that's like all you could easily say is, hey, hey, you know what? I just have extra larges down here, but my man right there has those smalls. Well, Go take grab care them. Of you. Yeah. So Petco Park Management, I know you're listening. Do better. Yeah. Customer do service do better. They seemed unmotivated. They didn't have skin in the game. Don't do it just because we're famous and you're listening to us on the pod, but do it to everyone. Definitely don't do it ca- for that. Don't do us any special courtesies. Yeah, your talent, as opposed to the Dodgers where, I mean, every touch point, it was, it was Hello Kitty giveaway night. Yeah. This lady was like, make sure she's like... It's like actually, the magic of Disney. And, okay, you go to this information booth. They notarize your... your they, they date it. They notarize your visit to the park to prove you were there, right? You have those little diet it's a really cool MLB ballpark diary you want a passport diary they call it Um, we got it years ago we're doing about two parks a year now we're gonna have to start venturing out of state anyway they notarize it Padre stamp didn't fucking work half the date was there right the guy didn't even sign it so uh, we're the Dodgers this lady was like 
well, you guys all, well, she looks at Joe, of course, he's in Dodgers gear because he's a little fucking contrarian, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, you guys are, where are you guys from? And the, where are you from? Great question. Oh, we're from the Bay Area. She goes, ugh, you know, Do- Giants fans. You? you know, and she's like, you're a Giants fan to me? I go, yeah. He's the contrarian of the house. She goes, I can't stamp this for you. You know, joking, right? Yeah. And then she ri- goes down, whips out Dodger stickers, gives with some to cool. little Dano. Um, and then she says, hide, make sure you hide your Hello Kitty bobbleheads because people like to steal them here because they're worth something. <laughs> of course, Daniel broke three of them right off the bat sure. Joe kept his yeah. and it, indeed it's worth like a hundred bucks on eBay right okay. now so, um, anyway my point good customer service Angel Stadium same thing the guy took us in the little information booth he gave Joe and Daniel little fidget spinners with Angel's logos on them uh, Giants was fine A's they don't give a shit over there either but I like the A's because it was during the mask era yeah. and I, I'm not an anti-masker but I like taking it off every opportunity possible sure. during that crazy time and they did not give a shit if you had your mask on or off okay. COVID was a risk I guess but it wasn't at its peak state enough to where they're allowing you know 30,000 yeah. fans in we the digress <laughs> yeah anyway so A's are fine um, next year we're going to maybe hit up the Rockies and maybe the Mariners that sounds like, like that. fun man I uh, think it's really cool that you and your son are bonding over this I listened to your pod uh, talking about his little league, yeah, uh, his year is yeah. such an exciting year. Yeah, but uh, beyond that, a super exciting time in your lives to share this yeah. together. I think it's really cool. It I've is. had fun watching that as an observer. Andy, and if we've learned anything, if I've learned anything, is life is short. It could end like that. So yeah. you may as well, you know, have fun with your kid out of Padres game. So I digress from getting a ball. So uh, we go to uh, Petco. Uh, we we post up in right field couple balls head that way one bullpen coach tosses a ball over joe's head we basically we get skunked right so we find our seats our seats are on the third baseline we get down there i'm talking to this nice military dude next to me and sure as shit man adley i think it was adley rushman their star catcher jogging back just joe just starts waving hey 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 and we're about seven rows up tosses it Joe, being the good all-star catcher he is, hands like bricks. The ball just bounces right off of his hands. Classic. Shoots six feet forward, starts going down the steps. I look at this, this cool dude next to me. I look at him and I go, he better get this freaking ball. If someone takes it from him, I might just like, you know. And sure enough, it goes under this adult, and this adult's reaching, looking for it. Joe just dives head first, pops up. I got a ball, daddy! Good for him. Oh, and we celebrated all night. They got the gas lamps, beautiful downtown. We went to dinner. We stayed out late. I walked into the Marriott. I go, we got a ball! And it was like, yeah, you got a ball! And hey. you, know, you walk around with the ball in your hand and everyone's like did you get a ball all right so it was they, a nice nice energy for that night the petco stadium needs to go find all those people from yeah. the lobby of the marriott and put them on the payroll i'm a fan of San, i'm a fan of san diego and i've you know i used to go down to charger games when i was a yeah. kid went to some padre games at the murph jack murphy stadium as a kid always loved that vibe the fans are outstanding but you know i gotta i gotta tell it to you straight man customer service at petco park can you know Not can good. pick it up a notch or two and i write these things in our note uh, in our diary you know you write a note sure. you write some things um, one you're, them, you're cataloging your memories. You're cataloging your memories. You know, one memory was uh, Arizona Diamondbacks game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made Darcy like uh, empty all the contents of her purse into like a clear Ziploc bag, which is wildly annoying. That is uh, annoying. Anyway, so um, you know, anything to fill up a, a podcast, right? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been so long since we've sat down together, it and is. Uh, I really value and treasure these moments, you and I. <laughs> Thank you. And, and you, the listener. Uh, spending your free time with us is um it's it's, it's, it's appreciated it's something else and I'm, I'm i'm i wish i had made a list of people who wrote me saying keep your podcast up where you've been how you doing and the well wishes and things like that since yeah. i lost my cousin and, and best friend and uh i appreciate it i'm sorry i haven't said anything to you i'm really um 
lame at Instagram and I just don't have the calories for it. It's not even like I need to quit Instagram or I'm like have self-discipline not to be on Instagram. It's just like I just literally forget about it just because it is what it is. But uh, anyway, I appreciate everybody listening. So, you know, I plan on keeping this content going and hopefully we could have you on again. I hit the 40 minute mark. I got it on the phone with Verizon again because I can make calls. But now if you call me, it'll say my number's been freaking disconnected, Mm. which is driving me nuts. How are you supposed to sell anything? Yeah. How are you supposed to receive a call from Jeff Timponi regarding where to ship this board. Right. Just right. have him send it to my house. I'll, keep, I'll take care of it for All you. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, I look forward to getting it. I want to ask him what fins to put in it. I'm going to arrange a little call with him. Maybe, yeah, I'll, maybe I'll get him on the pod too. Talk about That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he may actually really enjoy doing that. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. He may not enjoy it, but everybody says yes anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, WSL, do you have anything to uh, say about the WSL finals? Uh, lower yeah, trestles man. beginning uh, Friday when this publishes. Uh, the window is Friday, um, September 8th, running through the 16th. The fuck Elo. Yeah. Eric Logan, scum of a human being. And uh, may all my underdog picks win so I can win some money in our fantasy. Did you, who did you pick to win it all? Ooh, uh, probably Gabe, just because that's how I roll. <laughs> uh, I think it is was Gabe Virginia. in the final six? Five? I hope so. I don't even think I think is. I picked Jackie Boy. Oh, Jack Robinson. Jack Robinson. Yeah. Tell me tell me the final. Can you pull it up real quick? Yeah, I'm taking a look right now. All right. So I've got fantasy. I picked Jao Xiao. There's no, there's no service in this damn house. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> Fuck you, Verizon. You really, really screwed me. Anyway, well. Uh, hey. I got, um, for me, in the men's side, I got Jack Robinson winning. Um, and I'm riding him all the way to the end. No, actually, no. I've got Felipe Toledo beating Jackie in the final. Who Which are the bold. It's five, right? Who are the final fives? Uh, Joao, Jack Robinson, Ethan Ewing, Griffin Colapinto, and Felipe Toledo. Yeah, no game. All right. How about on the women's side? Uh, Molly Picklum, Caitlin Simmers, Carolyn Marks, Tyler Wright, and Carissa Moore. Is Molly the fifth seed? Uh, she's the fourth seed. Caitlin mm-hmm. Simmers is the fifth. I picked her in an upset in the first round. Yeah. And then I've got Carolyn Marks uh, going all the way to the end. I'm going. I'm going Caitlin and uh, Chianka for my champs. I like. I it. missed. I missed one and a half events. I didn't even log my entries. It's tough. Oh, my head was in a fog. So maybe uh, you know, can't. I'm already lucky enough with this new surfboard on the way. Yeah. And uh, not only that, but uh, you know, being able to share an hour with you and uh, you know being alive and happy and being able to surf every now and then like I did this morning. So I hope you get out in the water soon. Where are you going to surf? If and when are you going to do it? I'm going to surf the Capitola Village. Good That's my, my plan. Either that or I'll go up to Publix. Yeah. You're going to surf your glider or your oh, rider? You already know. I'll be on that GDG. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Eric, let's do it again soon, amigo. Let's Thank you. It. Do you have anything to say to the people? God bless you. Be kind to one another. Kind to one another. And I'm on block. Be kind and I'm on block. to one another. I won. I won the freaking freaking raff raff. I won the freaking freaking raff raffle. Run in front of cop, shooting at the up. You know what I'm saying? That's so excellent.